We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark coming to you from Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. Yeah, beautiful. How hot did you say it was yesterday, Matt? It was hot, hot, John. It was (laughs) 100 degrees, triple digits here in St. Louis. It was pretty rough. And this is Pastor Jolly John Lukomsky coming to you from the cool breeze of Northfield, Minnesota, where... If we hit 80 today, we'll be doing good. <laughs> uh, so take your pick. <laughs> thanks for reminding us, John. Yeah, we were we had our vacation Bible school last week, and inevitably, every year we have our VBS. It's over 100 degrees at least one day, and uh, again, that happened this year. So our, our track record stands. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it might get up to 82 here. 82. Well, I'm sorry to hear you got to tough it out, John. Yeah, well, you know. Crank up the air conditioning. We have air conditioning, so it's it's surviving. Matt, before we begin, I was thinking, I was thinking about what what makes uh, Wrestling with the Basics special. Of course, it's it's the fine Bible study and scriptural uh, 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 study that we provide. But I also think of us as kind of the alternative to social media. Okay, so turn off your TikTok, turn off your 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 Facebook or whatever, because I think you know because those things, there there's so much negativity, so much false truths, and if you're looking for not just the best Bible study but the best cultural information, just turn on to Wrestling with the Basics. And I want to give an illustration of that. Have you seen the movie Jurassic Park yet, Matt? I've seen well. Which one? There's like well, the latest one. Of, of course, because we're current. See, we're we're your alternative to social media, so we're dealing with whatever the current cultural issues are. So the the movie that was just released like uh, two weeks ago. Um, I, I have not yet seen that one. No. Okay, well, well, I'm telling you, rush out, thumbs up from me. We saw it last night. Uh, for those of it was, were you even alive when the original? Uh, Oh, yeah, I, I, I think I saw it at the drive-in movie theater with my parents. So it okay. was, it's been a while, John. So that was when you were little, little, not just yeah. young blood, but little Matt little Clark. Little blood. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, well, here's the thing, what you're going to love about it, because they bring back all the original cast. Uh, you know, all, I think there's been many, many different casts, because what oh, is yeah. it, like 30, 35? I think they've had 35 Jurassic Park movies. <laughs> Sounds uh, about right. Yeah. Uh, and, and so they took all the cast and they brought them all back because this is the last of the Jurassic Park movies. But what really tickled me is they also brought back uh, Barney the Purple Dinosaur. Uh, although you, you won't recognize him because, I mean, he must have been in makeup for like five or six hours. Uh, but but I'm pretty sure he was the Tyrannosaurus Rex in all of those those movies. But again, you, wouldn't, you couldn't tell because of all the makeup and everything. But anyway... 
So there you go. There's something that you can put on your little tic-tac there and let people know to be watching for Barney, the purple dinosaur, when they go see Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Does, does Barney get eaten in, in the movie? No, no, no that's the thing. I, I, I say because you would think he would be cast, but no, they, they went against you know his, his uh, character and they cast him as the one that eats everybody else. <laughs> Which I understand is what he wanted to do all the time. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, when the little kids would come up, Barty, Barty, Barty. My understanding is that he did an interview. He said, I just wanted to eat them. <laughs> so, um, an example but, of self-control. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. So he jumped at the chest when Steven Spielberg said, hey, Barty, we're doing a dinosaur movie. And you can't do a dinosaur movie without the main dinosaur, you know. Uh, and, 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 and movies. So, first, so watch yeah. for that. Watch right, for that. Right. I'll keep um, an eye out, John. All right. So anyway, <laughs> sir, surely there's more than that to life. What are you doing? You tell me you're doing something special in Bible study. <laughs> yes, right, John. <laughs> um, yes. So, so here uh, at Ascension, uh, our vacation Bible school that I already mentioned is uh, called the Tree of Life, the series that we use. And what it does is tries to aim at looking at those key accounts in the Bible that really every Christian should know. Um, what are those key things that are really speak to that story of salvation uh, for us uh, in Jesus Christ? And so we're picking that up on uh, Sundays and we're preaching on those same accounts, uh, those key events of the Bible. And then also um, we have kind of a take-home kit that accompanies it that families can a, teach the faith in the home to. A take-home kit. A take-home <laughs> kit. You would love it, John. It is. I, would. I, I just love the whole concept of a take-home kit. It Why is. didn't it's, someone think of that before, Matt? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But but, but really, you know, for to teach the faith in the home, boy, that's so, so very important. You know, we just had our, our district convention, John. So you missed out on these conventions now that you're retired, I guess. Oh, no, no, um, no. I went, we had one in Southern know? Illinois in February. In February, okay. when there okay. was when the greatest snow we've had all year. That's yeah. when you're talking about heat for your VBS. That's what we do in the Southern Illinois district. We have our conventions when we in know the there's going to be at least two or three foot of snow on your ground. Well, that's kind of nice. You just so, go inside yeah. and, you know, there's nothing to do anyway. So <laughs> that's well right. Have a convention. Uh, but, but so the theme of the convention and, and really the theme for, for much of what our sin is doing is uh, to tell the next generation, right? Um, yeah. This idea of, of passing on the faith to the next generation. And, you know, a couple of those guest speakers talked about uh, in the small catechism, Luther addresses it really not, not so much to pastors, but to, to the head of the house, uh, to, to parents, to fathers, as they teach the faith to their children. So it's laid out, this is this is how to teach the faith to the children about, you know, about baptism and the Lord's Supper and the Ten Commandments and so on. Uh, so that that's our hope, John, is that with this, this kit, we can kind of give the tools to parents, equip them to, to teach the faith at home. You know, and that's, that's not to say worship is unimportant or a, a Lutheran school is unimportant, but but boy, the, the home is super important um, when it comes to passing on the faith. So uh, that's our hope, is that, that that teaching about who Jesus is can extend beyond the walls of the church into the home because it is, it's essential. It really is. So that's where and, we're at. And, and you said, so am I assuming that the topic we went to was actually the first then in the series? Yeah, that's exactly right. So, okay, uh, so you, you said something about Adam, Adam and somebody. I can't remember yeah. who was the other one. Adler, who? Uh, Eve, John. Eve. 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 Yeah. 
you know. Okay. And, and I haven't retired that long, John. Now, you know, that's the thing. Now that I'm retired, I'm not required to read that anymore. Yeah. But I'm recalling, I'm recalling, because again, my memory, as I get older, my memory, that's like at the beginning, isn't that isn't like the first part of the Bible that Adam and Eve come up? Yes, it's it's closer to the beginning than to the end of the Bible, John. Okay. Because I thought that's why you probably would have started there. Yes. Yes. So what about good. what about Adam and Eve? What, right. what do we need to know about Adam and Eve? So Genesis chapter three is where we're going to be. Uh, if our okay. listeners want to follow along, but yeah, Adam and Eve. Three Genesis three. Yeah, yeah. We're going to okay. start with yeah. We'll oh. start Genesis three. I think. Oh. Um, you know, I yes. So this is the first account that we covered of these accounts that that we should all know. Uh, we should know so we can also tell it. I think that's, you know, there's a reason why we know it, these. It's things, coming right? back to me. It's coming back but, to me now. It sounds okay. vaguely familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we want to know these things, but we also want to tell these things. Yeah. Um, that, that's the purpose. So I was thinking, okay, this is the first account. But within this first account that was in our, our sermon series in our vacation Bible school, there's a lot of First, there's a lot of firsts. So I'm I, was okay. giving, I was just giving thought to that, John. You know, when you think about it, just in life in general, the first thing to happen, you know, and there may be others that fall, but the first is the thing that we remember, right? Yeah. Um, that's, that's what sticks out. So here, here's a couple of examples of first. So I was thinking about the, the first book ever printed. So uh, back in 1440, uh, Johannes Gutenberg invented the printing press. Um, and of course, that allowed for the mass production then of books and other printed material. And the first book printed was, of course, the Bible. The Bible. The, first the book Bible. Ever printed. Yeah, yeah. The first. So there's an example. Here's another one. The first telephone call. Um, Alexander Graham Bell, uh, all the way back in 1876, uh, he made a call just to the room next door to him to his assistant, Mr. Watson. Uh, I said, Mr. Watson, come here. And then he did, and he knew that the phone call worked. So uh, another famous first. Uh, and one more first, and I think this one's kind of interesting. Now, the first woman elected to Congress, uh, U.S. Congress. Uh, so the, the woman is Jeanette Rankin. She was a Republican from the state of Montana, and she was elected, first woman to be elected to national office in the United States all the way back in 1916. Whoa, whoa. So what I think is kind of interesting about that one is um, <laughs> women didn't get the right to vote in the United States until four years later. Oh, is that right? <laughs> in 1920. So that I think that's crazy. Kind of so, yeah. so, so she actually got to vote in order for women to have the right to vote. <laughs> to vote. So, yeah. See, they should have known as soon as you put a woman in Congress, stuff like that's going to happen. <laughs> that's going to happen, boy. <laughs> I told him. I remember when she ran, I said, you put her in there. The next thing you know, women are going to be voting. Slippery slope. Yeah. No, yeah. That's, yeah. that's something to be celebrated. No, and, and that's that's pretty cool. Um, so the first, yeah, my point is we remember those first. We remember those first. And I think as we look through the text today of Genesis 3, um, I think there's at least four different firsts. Uh, that okay. we can pick out from the text and take a look at. So there is a point to this. <laughs> there is a point to this, John, believe <laughs> okay. it or not. Yes, All yes. Right. Um, so the the first first we want to look at is the first, the very first temptation, the first okay. temptation. So that's, uh, if you want to look at uh, Genesis 1, uh, excuse me, Genesis 3, verses 1 through 5, and just to kind of set the scene, scene here, uh, already, you know, the, the Lord God, he created Adam and Eve, of course, uh, they could eat from any tree in the garden, uh, but 
and this is a big but, <laughs> the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You shall not eat of it, God says, for in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Uh, but it doesn't take long before the first temptation takes place. So, uh, yeah, John, uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Now, the serpent was more crafty, and, and by the way, we're not saying that he knitted. <laughs> not those kind of crafts. No. Sneaky. Sneaky. Okay. We wish it was just neat, knitting. Uh, yeah, that was right. He came there. Macrame. <laughs> and he wanted to macrame. No, no. <laughs> now, the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Huh? huh? Did he really say that? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall eat the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, oh, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Yeah. So the serpent is, we just want to be clear, it's, it's, it's Satan doing the temptation, you know, and, and we don't get all the details, but somehow appearing like a serpent and, and he's the one behind it, though, the, the deceiver, the, the, the accuser, you know, the devil, Satan. Um, so it, it, the first temptation in history then is this temptation, really, I think, to doubt God's word. Uh, to doubt the word of the Lord. You know, Satan, like you said, you kind of emphasized when you read it, John, uh, did God actually say, did God really say, you know, you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? Did God really say that? Um, to doubt God's word. Uh, and then it sort of escalates, right? Uh, the woman responds and she says, you know, that God said not to eat that tree. And then she adds something, right, John? And I think we've pointed out this out before wrestling, but they you know, you can't even touch it you know, lest you die. And, you know, she kind of adds to what God had said, you know, that touching part. Um, and then the serpent, he kind of ups the ante and he says, uh, you will not surely die for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open. So it kind of escalates from, you know, doubting God's word to even then doubting God's motives and God's character, that somehow God is uh, trying to keep them from having their eyes open. And and he wants everything for himself. And he's really not looking out for their best interest, but for his. Um, so you can see how this temptation sort of escalates already here, just in these few verses in Genesis. And, and I think that's so important to emphasize, because I think for, for people who don't really uh, do what you've said, and they don't really study the Bible, they don't really listen to the stories, uh, we, we may know, oh, yeah, Adam and Eve, uh, but we don't know the details. Uh so why? Why would God get so upset? Somebody ate, ate some fruit. And, you know, what, what is he so possessive, you know, so selfish? Yeah. No, that's my tree. You can't eat from my tree. Um, but, but you're right. The whole point is the devil is suggesting, first of all, that God is a liar, uh, which that's a pretty heavy accusation there. But then to add uh, that he's lying because he doesn't want what's good for you. He really doesn't want you. He doesn't want the competition. Oh, my goodness. He's God. You know, he doesn't want any other gods. He's so clear about that, right? You don't know any gods. Uh, um, uh, and, and yeah, and then the other thing that I always thought was cool, he actually uses the word of God. In fact, he he puts the word surely back in there, you know, that Eve leaves out. She leaves out the surely. It's not only what she adds, the touching part, uh, which, of course, where she got that from, I don't know. I'm, I'm always figured from Adam, because I know I have to do that with my wife. I just don't touch it. <laughs> just stay away from it, okay? <laughs> don't don't touch the remote because you're just going to mess it up. <laughs> I'll change the channels if you need. Um, 
But yeah, the fact that he, he, like you said, he ups the ante doubly because he actually puts the word God said, the word surely, that you just surely shouldn't do this. And then, of course, adds the big not. You will not surely die. Yeah. 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 yeah and I, you know, I'm, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's right. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say that, that lest you die, see, in the Hebrew, that, that, that's, that's, there's doubt right there. Maybe you'll die. That could happen. Whereas God's word was clear. Now you eat of it, you're you're a goner. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Lights yeah. out, buddy. Yeah. 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 And I, you know, I really think, you know, and the reason that's so important to study this too is the devil really doesn't he hasn't really changed his tactics all that much. It's no. still the same temptations today that we encounter. Again, to doubt the word of God, to doubt God's motives for us, right? And this command to not eat of this tree. Well, God gives us commands too. He gives us boundaries too. Um, the Ten Commandments, for instance, right? Um, you shall have no other gods before me. And and the devil comes along and says, well, does, does God really, did he really say that? Does he really mean that? Uh, is Jesus really the only way to heaven? Um, and, and, you know, why would God say that? You know, you know, why, you know, um, so he plants those seeds of doubt in our, in our lives too. Uh, you know, did God really say, remember this Sabbath day by keeping it holy, you know, isn't just coming to worship at Christmas and Easter. Isn't that, isn't that enough? Well, well, no, it's not, you know, so uh, he does the same thing today. He plants those, those seeds of doubt too. So it, it's good to read this because it, now we can be on guard too against the devil's schemes and his temptations. And, and, and I think, Matt, it's interesting because I think the word of God that he attacks so frequently in our lives today is, is the word where God says, I'm going to make everything work together for good. Um, because it's just like what, what happened to Job. You know, I, I, I think the devil figured I'm going to just load Job up with all kinds of trials and problems. And Job is just going to fold. He's just going to say, well, I guess God doesn't love me. I guess these promises God made to me about that he will always be with me, that they're not true. Otherwise, why would I have so many trials and troubles? Well, of course, it doesn't work out that way for Job. Uh, um, but yeah, I think he does that. I think that's how he tries to deceive us. He says, well, look at this. Obviously, God isn't a loving God. Uh, in fact, isn't that the question that so many unbelievers ask, well, if there is a loving God, why can there be so many tragedies like we've experienced over the last month with the shootings and the war in the Ukraine and everything? Um, but yeah, as we'll see, that just reflects the sinful world we're in. It's, it's because of what happened with Adam and Eve, because like you said, we continue to, to doubt and not believe the word of God. But, but what God says is true. Uh, what he said is true here and what he says to us about his love and mercy is always true, even though... The devil is constantly, as you mentioned, trying to get us to doubt that. Yeah, to doubt his word of law, but also his word of gospel. Yeah, God's yeah. loving character. Yeah, definitely. And I think, and, that and, and if so I might, and if I might, I, I think that's probably the greater temptation. Mm -hmm. uh, see, I, I don't think the problem simply is here that they were breaking the law, but they no longer saw God as a good God. I think that's the heart of this story, uh, because when we break the law, God can just forgive us. I'm not. By the way, kids, I'm not telling you to disobey your parents. <laughs> please, that's what comes please. you said I could. <laughs> that's right. He says it doesn't matter whether I keep the law or not. No, no. When you break the law, you're going you're gonna to cause yourself trouble, as we see with these guys here, Adam and Eve, and you're going to cause other people trouble. <laughs> okay. As we'll see if you read on in the book of Genesis. But, but no, no, that's not a... God deals with... He's dealt with that. Jesus Christ has died for us, and those are forgiven... And that the bigger temptation is what we have here 
that does God really love you? Or is the fact that he doesn't really want what's best for you? See, that's a subtle temptation to the devil's working all the time. Hey, by the way, Matt, I, I know I'm making you nervous, but we're going to do two episodes on this, right? Because <laughs> okay. I, I, don't, I don't know if the listener could hear, but I could hear Matt squirming in the seat because I've only got a half hour to do this. <laughs> <laughs> like the clock's don't, ticking, John. The clock's ticking. Don't worry uh, okay. about it. Okay, all right, all right. I think this is worth doing a couple episodes. Okay. It's all right. more if we need, okay? Because sure. no, you're yeah. right. It's, it's the story everybody should know. <clears throat> you bet. I'll shut yeah. up. Yeah. No, 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 that's right. No, this is good. It's a good back and forth. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I, I think another way to see God's love for us then is that he He gives us a defense against temptation, too. Oh, okay. Um, you know, it's called the Lord's Prayer, right? Oh, <laughs> you know, oh Jesus, yeah. you know, lead us not into temptation. And then the, the small catechism unpacks that, and I think that's helpful. Uh, and part of what it says is we pray in this petition that God would guard us and keep us from the devil, uh, so that the devil, the world, and our sinful nature may not deceive us. So when we pray the Lord's Prayer, uh, God has given us this defense. And when we pray, lead us not into temptation, part of it is, yeah, don't let David, the, the devil deceive me, Lord. Don't let him deceive me into thinking that your commands are not for my good, or uh, don't let him deceive me that you don't love me or that uh, you don't work, like you said, John, all things together for the good of those who love you, right? Uh, don't let the devil deceive me into thinking that, uh, like he deceived Adam and Eve. And so when, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, keep that in mind, um, that petition, lead us not into temptation. That's, that's what we're asking for. No, no, and I, I don't want to steal your thunder because I don't know where you're heading. But, but the next petition fits directly into the story too, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Lead us not to, yeah, deliver us from evil, right? And really, you know, when you look at the, the original Greek words there, uh, as Jesus teaches the Lord's Prayer, really you can translate that as not just deliver us from evil, but deliver us from the evil one, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, deliver us from, from Satan himself. For, boy, for, that, for the for the for the English teachers, it's it's in the masculine <laughs> singular, yeah, yeah. So the yeah, the man, yeah. the person, deliver us, yeah, deliver us from the evil one. Oh, let's talk about Satan. Uh, deliver us, Lord, and he does. He does. He hears our prayer. Um, so that's the first temptation. Uh, John, I think we might have time to to look at another first. Yeah, um, let's do it. That's the first sin. The first Ooh, sin. Okay. So, uh, Genesis chapter 3, let's just look at verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. Oh, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. She's such a lovely wife. This is he sharing sharing with her husband. Man. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, I know, I know. All the, I mean, you know, oh. Eve at fault, you know, eating the fruit, sharing it with her husband. Adam's certainly at fault. He's not off the hook. Where was he at? He was with her, right? Uh, he was silent this whole time. Come on, Adam. Uh, he should have spoken up. He should have knocked the, the fruit out of her hand, you know. Um, but he just, he, he doesn't do his job as, as a husband, you know, as a spouse. Um, and, and, so, and, and, and you see that in, in the, the latter verses where God yeah. just says, you know, this is, this is your fault. Okay. Yeah. I wow. gave you the command and you knew what I actually said. You were there and you didn't say anything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now, you know, I think this this first sin, right, happens it's thousands of years ago. And I think sometimes we read this, oh, well, yeah, that's, that's too bad for Adam and Eve. That's a sad story. 
Um, you know, but we we also I think need to realize that boy, thousands of years later, there's still the ramifications of that first sin. Um, we see that in the creation itself; the whole creation has fallen. Things are imperfect. Boy, we see that in the world around us all the time, no doubt. Uh, but then even in our own lives, that that we too are imperfect. We have what's called original sin now, and that's a reality for all of Adam and Eve's descendants. Born in sin and conceived in iniquity. That's how yeah, David that, put it. familiar. Yeah. Yes, Psalm 51. Uh, the words we say in confession, I'm by nature sinful and unclean. So yeah, the whole world affected by sin, we individually affected by this first sin thousands of years ago. Uh, but what we'll see next week then is God does not leave us in that sin, right? There's another first, uh, and that's the promise of the, the first promise of a savior. We'll look at that next week on, on wrestling, wrestling with, with the, the basics. basics.